0: Welcome to another episode of Brilliantly Uninformed, newly named new podcast. Like always, it's, it's uh, myself, Michael Lavery, with Steven Reinman. What's going on, man?
1: How's it going, bud?
0: So, so what's up?
1: So <laughs> I'll tell you what's up. I've been thinking about this all week. its I mean, I think about it all the time, but it truly bothers me that I think sure. Bill Russell is the Beatles of uh, the NBA and vice versa the beatles are, you are.
0: that is a good thing or a bad thing
1: oh I- i'll let you know so <laughs> <laughs> so um i've always been I- i've never been a fan of the beatles i think they are the most overrated band of all time you ask anybody mm-hmm. you like oh who's the best band you know who's your favorite band A majority of people are going to say the beatles and if you say anything negative about them like that's that's blasphemy mm-hmm. now in my mind they are they are the most overrated because they played in a time when there was. No other competition. Like, who were the other bands then? Nobody. Just like Bill Russell playing against 5'10", Bob the Builders, and Joe the Plumbers, mm-hmm. as Kevin O'Connor puts them. Like, he had he had no competition at all. Just like the Beatles. So, whenever you hear them, you, they, you know, back then, they were, they were groundbreaking. And they just had a, a big, long run until better things came along, just like Bill Russell.
0: Well, isn't there something to be said about groundbreaking and, like, innovating how things are done? Like... No matter what, the first person to do something a certain way, they're not going to be, in the long term, they're not going to be the best that was at it. But they were, like, you know, the, f- the first of that type.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive what they did. But if you put on some Beatles for me right now, I'm not going to be happy. I don't want to hear it. It's <laughs> it's junk. I don't want to hear it. Just like I don't want to watch old uh, Celtics games with Bill Russell. Like the, No, no thank you. I want to watch three-point shots. I want to see offense. I don't want to see... Bunch of guys just doing little hook shots around the basket.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so are there any of their? Uh, I'm gonna t- talk about both these things differently. Are there any of their songs that you like? If it's if it's plays that you'll like, you know, nod your head to or anything like that.
1: Uh, th- yeah, I think there's a couple of them that I like. I can't I can't think of them off the top of my head just because I, I'm so actively against them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I know there's like a couple. Like I think uh, "Hey Jude" is good. I want to say, but you know, for the most part, no, thank you.
0: So, so I, I'm a big fan of theirs, but not when they got to like the um, the kind of like psychedelic phase. That's that's kind of when they lost me. But their their stuff um, before that, I think part of it is like it's really poppy before pop in the sense to where it's, like, it hooks you. Um, It's not necessarily, like, as as someone myself who plays instruments, it's not, like, the hardest stuff to play at all. Like, it's not musically complicated or complex, but I do think that there's something to, like, almost the innovation of the hook.
1: See, Um, I was always told that their music, some of their stuff they were doing on guitar was, like, unprecedented at the time. Now, right now, we're doing uh double bass drums and all that kind <laughs> of stuff like it's it's nothing compared to what we do now but
0: well as they got older and like they got into the more like yellow submarine phase Ugh. um the stuff i don't listen to as much that that's the stuff where they they start to do more more things like that where it's also um isn't necessarily the thing i'm into like for instance my wife really likes muse and really likes queen oh yeah like um like orchestra, I can't say orchestra rock, where it's very complex, where it isn't necessarily the thing that I'm looking for, where, like, I I acknowledge that it was, like, very good musically, but it's just, like, not the thing that hooks me, per se.
1: Yeah, see, I agree with your wife. I think Queen queen is, like, one of the best of all time.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I kind of think the Beatles are almost the opposite of that, where the stuff I like was their simple stuff where – Which which is the kind of thing I like. Like, I'm the person that, you know, I I play guitar, and I'd rather play the acoustic guitar than play the electric guitar because I like, like, the simple stuff. Um, But I definitely know that musically it's not the most impressive. (laughs) Sure. Like, if you
1: think of it this way, if you're at a party, now, just to compare the two, just because they're two we've already talked about, if somebody puts on The Beatles as opposed to Queen, which one are you going to be happier to hear?
0: Sorry about that. My microphone just turned off for a second. Um, Can Mm -hmm. you say that again?
1: Oh, so let's say you're at a party mm-hmm. and people play you have your choice between Queen or Beatles. You're at a party. Mm-hmm. Which one would you rather hear?
0: Well, I mean, Queen is definitely more of a, a party music than like nothing I don't think playing the Beatles at the party is necessarily the right uh, platform for I, g- I guess
1: it depends on what kind of party you're at.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um if I was just sitting around on my own, like listening to music where I just want to like vibe out, I would rather listen to the Beatles. But if I want to get like pumped up or I wanted to or like there's a group of people there definitely the way that people react to Queen is better than the way that people, you know, would react to Beatles.
1: Absolutely. It's like, so uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is basically Mm -hmm. don't stop believing, but good. Mm -hmm. Like how you're at a bar and if you hear don't stop believing, yeah, everybody's going to sing along, but nobody really likes don't stop believing. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a good song. But if you hear Bohemian Rhapsody, like that's the most fun song to sing along to. There's no, there's no Beatles song like
0: that at our wedding reception, that was definitely the song that everyone was out dancing and singing to. Oh yeah. Uh, that, like it, it blew all the other songs away. So I do I do think it's a good comparison that you made to them and Bill Russell, but I also do think it's it's tough because we, it's tough to like, at, at least for me personally, to look back at those players and like break them down because I there's not a lot to see. Um, I can only compare, like, the numbers of, like, the, the nerdy, like, how they did versus their competition and stuff like that. Right. Um, I think anyone compared, like, past era to this era, to, to this era is going to be better. Like, I mean, pick the most average guy in this era. He'd probably pre- be pretty dominant back then.
1: Exactly. Yeah, because um, <laughs> he was playing against part-time construction workers.
0: But I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's a knock on... Russell, at least personally, I compare it all to their competition where I, I'm not going to say, um, like, I'm not going to say CJ McCollum's an all-time great, but if he <laughs> played back then, we would consider him one. But it, but compared to the competition he has now, he's not great, whereas Russell, compared to the competition he played then, was definitely great. Um, so how do you so think he would play right now? I Probably not great, but he, he, like, he wasn't, like, jacked. Like he would be abused in the, like in the post, uh, against some of the more muscular guys, and obviously he was an inside player. He didn't, they didn't have like stretch fives. They, he, if he came up as a kid these days, he probably would have built his body totally differently. He probably would have, you know, learned a different form of basketball. So I think as he was back then, coming in today, he would get destroyed. But I think if sona had that level of athleticism and smarts came up today they probably would have developed their game differently than than he did sure yeah yeah. that's what makes it hard for me like personally i think jordan is better than lebron but i don't necessarily think you know jordan would have the same impact he had now if he like as he did back then you know what i mean
1: yeah i mean Um, he's kind of i mean you don't really have any players like that anymore that that can really just like kick people's ass into into playing better yeah like who do you have like that now nobody
0: yeah i mean like I kind of think probably the most dominant player in my lifetime was Shaq, where I think if you put him in any era, he, he would just dominate, but his his dominance was like a lot shorter than obviously guys like LeBron. Um, he played for a long time, but he didn't, like that peak of Shaq I think was the the most translatable to any time where it totally dominate, but yeah. a lot of players, it kind of depends on their styles versus the time that they play in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I get that, and I, 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 definitely have that argument, especially for like the NFL, where there it's so much different. But I mean, j- the point was just basically, the, you know, yeah, it was great what the Beatles did, but you compare it to now, don't? I don't want to hear, <laughs> I don't want to hear the yeah, Beatles.
0: I think, th- I think that's a, a actually a really good comp, and it's, and it's funny because you're saying it is a bad thing, and I'm, t- I would take it as a good thing, but it, it also yeah. to show, like how much of a comp it is because like it those are things that don't necessarily show value to you and they show value to me so it's funny that like you compared them and you both those things you feel one way both those things i feel the other way but we still both think it's a good comp yeah <laughs>
1: yeah that's cool
0: <laughs> interesting well that, that was good i like that so um for news stories today okay which one do we want to talk about first uh, um, i lost track of my notes
1: I want to talk about the uh, mass exodus that you.
0: Oh. Yeah. So, this is actually something that I mentioned on our overstated group. Actually, let me pull that up. Um, so I liked what I wrote. I had it open originally, and my computer was acting all weird. But we've seen a lot of people leave The Ringer lately. I don't know if it's more than normal, or if it's more names that we recognize than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the things that people are leaving for is a lot of things that. Um. basically let me step back the way that Simmons talked about ESPN at least at the time he's kind of turned around on them and like he has a fine relationship with them now but at the time he was kind of playing the victim which I understand both sides but he said things that they didn't like uh, like basically he was shitting on the NFL which was their money maker at ESPN mm-hmm. and eventually got him fired. He well, specifically away. Goodell. He he yeah. couldn't
1: stand Goodell, yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, eventually got him fired. He got suspended a bunch, but he, he talked a lot about how, um, you know, it was unfair the way he was treated, and now a lot of people, and Grantland specifically, because he started Grantland, and then they basically, they fired him and eventually weeded out Grantland. I think they decided they wanted to keep it f- at first, and like after a couple months, they kind of pulled the plug on it. Yeah. But, so... I mean, my favorite two people at The Ringer was Jason Deception and Haley O'Shaughnessy. I think they're the two most creative <laughs> people.
1: That's bad luck, then. <laughs> I know.
0: Because, I mean, I I like what a lot of the people say, but they do things that, and they have perspectives that other people don't bring, where it's just not the same old, like, like I'm afraid that it's going to turn into ESPN, where it's just, you know, we have these, like, people just yelling at each other about the same talking points all the time. Mm-hmm. But the way that he handled these people like he They t- they started a union and because they weren't happy with how they were being treated. And then every person that supported the union or showed any type of support to them, he unfollowed them on social media, which is fine, whatever. It's catty, but it's fine. Yeah. But he also basically started to bury them in the company. And then he, instead of... And a lot of people... I'm jumping all over the place. But a lot of nah. people are saying that he's treating the writers poorly and the podcasters are doing okay. But he's also his good podcasters like Jason and Haley, he's kind of not, he's kind of burying them too. And instead of going through the union, he is giving private contracts to celebrities. Like, um, actually where's the list? I had a list.
1: Well, I mean, it's the, it's a, it's it varies on your defi- definition of celebrity, but like sure. Pete Carroll and Steve Kerr had a yep. podcast and Roger Bell now has one. Um, yep. It's just a bunch of guys like that, like not guys who have spent years in the business working their way up, mm-hmm. like uh, Concepcion and O'Shaughnessy had. So yeah, I, it's it's guys like that, and, and Rassilo.
0: Yeah, and I understand the appeal of having people that played the sports have these shows, but whenever they whenever shows like that interview stars, I usually tune out halfway through. I pref- like because they're usually just like saying the polite thing to to not stir anyone up they're not talking about anything interesting Mm -hmm. they might tell like stories on the road and stuff but the people that are actually like have writing and journalistic backgrounds or stuff like that i find a lot more interesting because they they actually bring interesting takes to the podcasts Mm -hmm. at least personally i i didn't really love like i like both carol and kerr but i didn't really love the podcast See, I never Columbia. listened to him.
1: Not interested in them. Yeah,
0: I don't but. really like Rosillo, but that's more a personality <laughs>
1: <than his laughs> I, I love him. I I love hate him. You know, it's yeah. it's like that. Just like everybody else, I feel like in our group, we we hate listen to him because mm-hmm. he's such a douche that you're like, yeah. oh, I gotta listen.
0: I think that's. That's a hundred percent why I don't listen to. But it's not. (laughs) I don't necessarily dislike his takes, but I think I just had enough of that type of person in Mm -hmm. my life that I'm like, I don't need this in the podcast.
1: Absolutely. You knew enough assholes. You don't want (laughs) to. You don't want to hear it anymore.
0: Even like bringing on his friends. Like I like. um, House. I like House. I like Sal. Yeah. In their segments that they had, but necessarily their own shows, I didn't like so much. So like, I see the value, but I think I also think it'd be better if they had these. Celebrities as, like, the second wheel or guests of their other shows. They get them around all the time where ins- instead of they're not bringing, like, a clear voice to it, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, right now he's – like, my favorite guest that he has on right now is Nora Princiati. Mm-hmm. She's one of the – she's a writer. I think she's she – covered, she covered the Patriots, and now I want to say she works for ESPN. But she's probably the most knowledgeable guest he has on right now. Is this
0: on, on Bill's podcast? Yes, on Bill's podcast,
1: okay. yeah. He had her, I think on Friday, he had her on there. But she's, I mean, she knows what she's talking about more than, I think, anybody he's had on there in a long mm-hmm. time. She's incredibly intelligent. And, I mean, w- if we're talking about, like, Concepcion, who I love, and O'Shaughnessy, which was the only reason I listened to the, the terrible Ringer NBA shows, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he never had them on his shows at all. he I think he had Jason on, like, once or twice, and mm-hmm. didn't. Didn't really talk to him at all. I think he just didn't. He he has his brand of people that he likes to talk to, mm-hmm. and certainly like it, as far as the celebrity thing goes, I think it's it's a smart business move because if you're going to be bringing in casual listeners, which he is trying to do for a long time as a new startup company, he's trying to bring in listeners, trying to generate you know a buzz about it. So it's better way to do that than to have big name celebrities instead of these writers that, in fairness, most people have never heard of. Like
0: yeah. That crossed my mind, and i I was trying to look at if they release info on like which shows got the most downloads and stuff. And literally, the only one that I saw any info released was his own podcast. Yeah, and I don't know if that was because that's the most popular, or just because he likes everyone to know how popular he is. Um, <laughs> I guarantee it's that. <laughs> like, I would have loved to see how how the other shows compared to his, because obviously he was originally the draw. Yeah. Um, and and obviously they did a they did a big sell to Spotify, so they. They couldn't have been that unpopular that, you know, he made, I don't know, hundreds of millions of dollars, right? I don't know exactly. 200,
1: 250, yeah. I want to say, something like that, million.
0: Yeah. So I I would be interested to see how popular they were because, like, I t- when as it comes to who he has as his guests, I don't really care. But it's more about, like, who he contracts to, to have their own shows and stuff like that. That's the stuff that I think we're driving – the other podcasts away and he's also holding back their creativity where i know jason wanted to do some stuff that he wouldn't let him that i'm sure would have been popular because a lot of stuff that jason does is, you know those are the things that people are passionate about yeah he's
1: a he's an emmy award winner
0: yeah exactly like no one else does a show like that like that no. was so unique the nba desktop
1: yeah it was great and then you know on top of that binge mode and uh yeah. the connect that he was on i mean he yeah. was probably him and I guess I don't even know if I could say Princiati is one of them but like uh, those two are probably my favorite people on the Ringer network right now mm-hmm. is you know as far as that goes but
0: in, I don't know if it in terms of like numbers of popularity but when it comes to like passionate Popularity like binge mode blows every other show. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) I see that talked about more than any other podcast, and I don't know if it's just because the topics that those are the people that like nerd out on stuff, obviously that are very passionate. Definitely. Or if it's just like that many more listeners, but that alone, I think, would is going to hurt the company to an extent to not have
1: him on there. I should have
0: looked ahead of time to see how many people were in each of the groups, because I bet you even binge mode probably has the most like Facebook.
1: um, Oh, oh, I guarantee you they have the most. Like, I mean honestly as far as which shows i personally listen to you know every time like i'll listen to bs just you know because i still like to hate listen to it as i mentioned somewhere in the group earlier this week it's like listening to first take it's like Mm -hmm. you hate to listen to it but at the same time you can't can't not listen and then binge mode i listen every single week because they're so intelligent they, they dig so deep into it. I learned things that, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I learned all kinds of things um, from that podcast, just, you know, mm-hmm. from how much research they do and how much hard work they do. And Jason is one of the big reasons for that.
0: All right. So guess how many... Um, yeah, guess how many people um, are in the are the Ringer NBA group, for instance.
1: The ri- Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not really fair since we kind of... Uh, flush them out, but
0: we did our, our, our ex- a a ringer like Exodus of the. <laughs> we
1: did, yeah, we did our own Mass Exodus. I um, would say probably five thousand.
0: So that's got twelve thousand.
1: Oh wow, okay. So, so
0: that's that's impressive. How many think? How many think are in binge mode?
1: I'd say at least twenty-five. If there's that many in the ringer,
0: yeah, thirty point five thousand. Wow. So like, even if people are like, a lot of people go there for basketball and the binge mode has three times the amount so even if you know a quarter of the people <laughs> yeah quit when when everyone quit it, they still would have been blown away by binge mode
1: yeah yeah i mean it, it's it is a way better show because they actually put in the work which is uh, along that that comment that i made earlier about first take i also included that if you want to listen to somebody who actually does the work and is not just mailing it in you should listen to the overstated because they actually do the work. It's kind of like the the difference between binge mode and Simmons's podcast or the Ringer NBA, which they don't even seem like they want to be there.
0: Yeah, even the rewatchables, which I enjoy, like, oh. they don't do much work. They'll like watch the movie and then they'll like Google like it's casting what ifs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And like that's fine, but like when you think about the work that like Jason and Mal would put into binge mode, it just, it's insane. Yeah, I mean even besides all the research they do, they obviously had to consume all of these things that they're talking about, which is like an entire Star Wars franchise, all of Game of Thrones m- shows and books, all of Harry Potter's, everything, like they have video games and books and movies and... Yeah, it's insane. ...Broadway show or...
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, especially like the Star Wars stuff. For the amount of... The amount of Star Wars material that's out there and the fact that they got it all pretty much covered is is, <laughs> is insane. Mm-hmm. And then right now they're... They're working on the marvel which you know there's how many millions and millions of comics out there mm-hmm. in the world i mean god bless them
0: yeah and the only thing that they talked about that i really like like i started listening to them originally because of game of thrones which is the first thing they did mm-hmm. and i'm not like too big into all the other stuff they talked about but even they're entertaining enough that you know my, like my wife loves harry potter so we would listen to harry potter ones, and like i got so much out of that without even knowing a lot about the universe yeah
1: yeah, I listened to it for the Game of Thrones, too, and then kind of I I listened to the Harry Potter stuff. You know, it's, it's not for me. And then the Star Wars one came around. I was on 7th, you know, I was in 7th mm-hmm. Heaven. But, yeah, it's, I mean, to let a show go like that, you know, whether they do or not, he may come on there and do it either way, just like other people have done, kind of like a private thing, you know. It's just an mm-hmm. outside contractor. Um, to let a show go like that, just to have... You know, God knows what show they're gonna have on right now. Instead, his yeah. his stupid shows like. That.
0: I'll be interested to see um, what Jason does with Crooked Media too, because I'm a big fan of theirs. It's but everything they do right now is political, except they have one um, sports podcast I listen to, <laughs> so I'm interested to see what what he does there.
1: Yeah, I mean it's probably along the same lines as he does at The Ringer now, where he does a little bit of sports talk, but he does a lot of. Pop culture and Mm -hmm. he doesn't really do the politics on there but he
0: doesn't but his Twitter feed is very it's good. Much like he has a lot of politics like quips on his Mm -hmm. Twitter. Um so it's obviously something he follows to an extent. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with them. And they started over at the Ringer too. I used to listen to their show Really The Crooked Guys. They had Keeping It Sixteen Hundred.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Before the um twenty sixteen election and then after the election they decided to start their own company. So they are kind of like a tie in there, so I wonder if it was still on good terms that he ended up with them or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, it looks like Simmons might end up with just him and Rosillo and <laughs> I don't know who who else left. I mean, he, even Sal left.
0: Yeah, even if it's just him and Rosillo and then he has a, all these celebrity pods. So he's, he's set for life. It doesn't matter to him at this point. Like, oh, I
1: mean, $240 million. He, <laughs> if he can't make that last for the rest of his life.
0: I'm sure he likes <laughs> making, like, fun creative content but i think he's happier just being able to talk to people that he likes talking to absolutely fine, yeah if, if that works for you yeah i
1: mean that's that's one of the i've gotten into arguments i think it's been on the binge uh, no 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 i'm sorry it's been on the overstated page where people complain about him you know paying interns like thirty thousand dollars a year and you know they it, it it's a whole thing like they have to live in california and it's not enough money for this and that and i've gotten into numerous arguments with people about it about how you know he's paying interns which Mm -hmm. is almost unheard of in today's age and there's there's these interns just going on twitter and anonymously putting him on blast being like i only make this much and he does blah blah blah. i'm like dude you're an intern i was an intern on the radio i worked for free dollars yep (laughs) and that was it my payment was getting to be on the radio
0: Speaking of binge mode, you wanted to talk about the, this uh Mandalorian controversy. And it's funny because when you said that to me, it's not the controversy I thought. You, <laughs> you were, I d- like, I didn't even think about this one until you said it. And I was like, oh, that's definitely something we should talk about. So so what's that?
1: Well, I chose this one because it's a little bit lighter. And the other one would be, it would be, a <laughs> like yeah. I told you, a whole episode long, basically, discussion on it. Not ready to talk about Gina Carano. That's mm-hmm. That's a lot. I'm gonna talk about the little baby Yoda eating the frog eggs and the the weirdest blow up in Star Wars fandom history. Like you
0: said, you said, this is lighter, but this is straight up genocide. Well,
1: it, it, it's not though. Like we don't even know what he's doing with the eggs. He might be holding them. Like there's all kinds of theories. We yeah. don't know where it's going yet. But there was. Do you
0: think there's more that's coming, like uh, down the? the storytelling pike about this or you think like that like there's not gonna be like more eggs like that he's storing somewhere right he might be be. he might be he
1: might be cheeking it like my dogs do when i give them medicine (laughs) who knows (laughs) but interesting um you know in typical star wars fandom fashion they all freaked out there was people like there's articles about how they you know there's moms on there going this is not funny i'm a mom this is not funny to see fertilized eggs which they weren't they were unfertilized much like a chicken egg um they're all going crazy on twitter about how how it's not funny how it's evil it's mean that this Wait, would it, puppet it, would it,
0: <laughs> is it worse if it was fertilized like if, yes, i mean it, that's getting to like when does life start conversation but like yes. either way that's all the ones she had left and was hoping to fertilize them
1: yeah, but it's still definitely worse if they're fertilized. It's like yeah. eating a a chicken versus eating a chicken egg, where there's no chicken in there.
0: I guess, but we do all those. We do both those. Well, things.
1: yeah, we do all, we do both <laughs> of those things. I'm just saying, you think about it less if it's a mm-hmm. an egg. It's just you know a little yellow runny thing. Yep. But people, I mean, they're they're going bonkers on Twitter, and I didn't even think about it. Like when well, I, I watched it, and it's it wasn't a big deal to me. I was like, okay, yeah, it's funny. He ate the eggs. Like he's mm-hmm. he's hungry. I
0: said as a joke when we were watching it that it was genocide, but I didn't realize people were going to get all upset about it. Right. Exactly. Like <laughs> this is
1: this is not a reason to get upset. But I mean, I think Disney saw that people were upset. Now, I don't know how upset they really were. It may have been, you know, joke anger that mm-hmm. uh, people were like, how dare they do this? But then the, you know, Disney responded and the directors responded. I don't know if it was the directors, but people in Disney all responded very seriously and said, I have a quote here from them. Yep. It says, quote, For the record, Chapter 10 of The Mandalorian makes it clear that the Frogs Lady's eggs are unfertilized, Mm -hmm. like the chicken eggs many of us enjoy. But obviously, chickens aren't sentient beings, and the child eating the eggs is intentionally disturbing for comedic effect. Fans of horror know that disturbing things make most of us laugh and some of us squirm. Your mileage may vary. (laughs) like they they took it so seriously and they're they're not here for it
0: i mean i think half the thing is like everything that baby yoda does people freak out because he's just like an adorable little thing yeah um but i did not know that was gonna be a controversy
1: exactly i mean what really what the bigger picture that i that i wanted to talk about by bringing this up was like all the the crazy fandoms right now like the star wars Maybe the one of the worst ones, like the, the amount yeah. of hate that they've been giving. Like, I don't know how you feel about them, but I love all Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't matter when they occurred, you know, prequel or sequel or anything like that. I love them all. Um, but the amount, like, people are still tweeting at Ryan Johnson right now about yeah. how much they hate, which, what was it, Last Jedi he made? Yeah. They hate. That w- and you know J J Abrams, they're like sending him death threats and things like that. Like it's a movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things where it get some things get to the point where, um, you know, fandom thinks that they they own the rights to tell the story that they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, And obviously, there's no way one director is gonna get every single fan's story exactly right. Exactly. I mean, we see this. I see, think I we see this with Harry Potter too. There's things that. Shannon nobody know than me, but they say there's some things that are, are, like, they consider it as not canon because they don't accept it.
1: Yeah, like the last book that came out, the uh, whichever yep. one that's called.
0: What's that, Shannon? Well, what's... <laughs> is it the play that they say is not canon, or... <laughs>
1: the, p- the play?
0: There was a play, and it's called The Cursed Child, and it's about... Oh, yeah, that's Harry, the book Harry's that came kid, out. I think? Yeah.
1: It's so, Harry's um, kid and Voldemort's kid.
0: Wait, it's Voldemort's kid, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, spoiler. Said no one hasn't seen. It. It's just oh, like a, oh, a ten-year-old book. <laughs> as I told you, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. I'm not he, either. We would like listen to the books on tape together, and my favorite character was is Dobby, who's the house elf, um, just because he's like, just cool.
1: That's that's <laughs> actually wife, what my friends my call my dog.
0: <laughs> What'd you say? That's what
1: my friends call my dog because he looks like dog.
0: him. Um, Shannon spoiled his death for me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's the thing where th- some of the fan bases get so toxic about. I mean, even regardless of what they think, like Ryan Johnson did to the Star Wars franchise. There's so many people that were just upset because, like, the main character was a woman. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, what is his name? Ben Shapiro, who like he went on this long rant, and obviously he's garbage. Yeah. But he went on a rant about how Star Wars Star Wars is a boy story and like shit like that, like.
1: Yeah, he's... <laughs> well. No wonder his wife can't get...
0: Yeah, exactly. But, like, <laughs> it's things like that where why wouldn't they be able to expand the story to be more clues to other people? That doesn't ruin his... In, I mean, it does ruin his appreciation of the movie, but it shouldn't ruin his appreciation of yeah, the well, franchise because it's story. No
1: him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, for example, like, my daughter this year for Halloween, we all dressed up as a family as Star Wars characters. I was Han Solo, my wife was Princess Leia, and then my daughter... She was like, well, I got to be the girl, right? And and normally, before, she wouldn't have had a character unless it was Princess Leia. There was, like, one female Mm -hmm. character. And so this year, like, she'd watch the movies, and she's like, oh, I'll be Rey. Like, that's that's awesome. She was so happy to be Rey, and she got all the compliments from people going around trick-or-treating and stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. So why – what do people have against, like – her having that possibility, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because it's angry little nerds who don't—they can't relate to it. They can't see themselves as the female hero, so they're like, mm-hmm. "No, this is stupid. It's not. It's not good because it's not for me." They just don't want to say it.
0: Yeah, we're pretty sure that my wife auditioned for that role
1: for Ray.
0: She did. Yeah. Oh, well, so okay. She was. Get, yeah, she was living in Scotland at the time, and they did auditions in Ireland. Okay. Where did they do auditions? It was in Scotland. Oh, in Glasgow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she went, and then um, she has similar features, and they had her come back for they like they did a second round with her, but obviously she didn't get the role, or else you would have known that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we probably so wouldn't be doing this
1: podcast right now. Yeah,
0: but she she auditioned for that, so awesome. That, that's another reason where like. I think uh, that e- adds even more to my appreciation for it. But like, I'm not the biggest Star Wars pr- fan, but she's a big fan. We saw all the new ones in theaters together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I
1: so mean, it's it's a like regardless. I mean, I'm I just appreciate them all. Like, I even like the prequels. Don't hate me, but I like them all. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's because it, it's always been a tradition for like me and my dad. We always I grew up watching them with him. We would sit down in the living room and we would turn the tv up as loud as we can just so we could drive my mom crazy with the mm-hmm. with the opening where it does that the big loud bass yep. at the beginning and we would always have it was it was just like a bonding thing for us and then we saw all the prequels in the movie theaters mm-hmm. um and then we saw all the sequels in the movie theaters and like when i was watching the last one in the movie theaters i wasn't thinking like oh no there's a girl as the <laughs> lead oh how am i gonna watch this this is stupid i gotta marry sue No, I was sitting there watching it like this is an incredible moment because at the time they were saying that was the last movie they were going to make for Mm -hmm. for, you know, who knows how long, you know, could be many, many years, maybe ever. And so I was sitting in the movie theater thinking like, oh, this is probably the last Star Wars movie that I'm going to see with my dad in the theaters. Mm -hmm. And then just everything that happened after that, it just heightened it. So that Mm -hmm. was for me, it was it was an amazing experience just watching the movie and enjoying it for what it was. Not thinking, oh, this person did that in that movie, and then it doesn't add up to this movie. This is mm-hmm. stupid. This is a bad movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Just watch it the movie. Yeah. I mean, I think it's th- that it's kind of like the, the double-edged sword, the Catch-22 of getting so big, making such a deep universe mm-hmm. that people will find all these little things in it. And the same thing where I think it's also like they're hurting themselves, obviously just the reason that Prequels are so hated because it was so hyped up. Where there's nothing that could have happened that could have lived up to the hype that people had for those.
1: Yeah, exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't the same exact thing hap- that happened in the first three movies. So people were upset. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't their childhood relived. So they were like, "Nah, this is dumb. Miniflorians, no, so stupid. Mm-hmm. Dude, just wa- It's it's a movie about people in space with glowing swords. <laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> watch it and enjoy it for what it is." It's not going to be an Academy Award winner.
0: Speaking of uh, fantasies, your Texans are beating my Patriots at halftime 21-10. to 10.
1: Oh, word, are we? Yeah. Right on. Well, it won't last, so don't get your hopes up.
0: <laughs> I mean, either way. <laughs> well. So, um, so I am going to uh, segue somehow to the Rockefeller Center Christmas Tree Story.
1: Okay, smooth transition. Yeah, perfect. Nailed
0: it. <laughs> um, so if people haven't seen that they brought the new tree up, and it is a mess. And a lot of people have come out after and say, it's always a mess when it gets there, and apparently the, the I don't even know what their job is, the treers. Uh, yeah, the they, yeah, yeah,
1: the fluffers.
0: <laughs> yeah, the fluffer, yeah. They <laughs> add more branches to it and stuff to make it look better. Yeah. Um, that kind of makes the story less fun, but I grabbed some tweets that people tweeted, and I wanted you to, to grade them on the slam dunk scale that we used for last week. Okay, but
1: you also didn't mention the owl that was living in there that everybody was upset about.
0: I I deliberately didn't mention the owl thing because...
1: It's uh, one of the tweets?
0: No, I just... I don't know the situation. I If it was a sad situation, I didn't want to...
1: Well, <laughs> I mean... It. I mean, it was it was an owl that was living in the tree because the area where they cut him down apparently is like a, a haven for animals. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was just an animal that got... You know, it was in the tree, and then it took a 100-mile journey on the back of a (laughs) flatbed all the way to New York.
0: Are they going to bring it back to where it came from?
1: I have no idea what happened to it. I think it might have flown off.
0: Shannon says it's close enough. enough. It's close enough you're saying that it can fly back to where it came from? or or, Wasn't it a baby? Oh, it's just a small owl. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's fine. It's it's an owl. It's not like anybody in New York is gonna shoot the thing down in the street. It's not like <laughs> <laughs> if it was I'll down see. here in Texas, it might be a little bit more concerning.
0: <laughs> 2020 still has a month and a half left, so. That's don't true. Out someone just shooting the owl. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's
1: true. If it's still there, you better watch out.
0: <laughs> All right. So this first tree, it is the p- a picture of a nice looking tree. I assume it's the before it got shipped, and then it's the picture of it set up at Rockefeller all mangled, and somebody wrote Rockefeller Center Christmas tree uh, match profile versus first date.
1: <laughs> that's pretty good. I am going to give that a seven.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's good. Um, so th- um, this one is New York City Christmas tree this year is a visual representation of where I am at this point in the semester.
1: Hmm. I I I hear that joke all. The t- I see it all the yeah. time on Facebook. I'm gonna give it a three for not being original.
0: Yeah, there's two that were really played out. One was Charlie Brown Christmas, which ah, which,
1: I like that though.
0: Yeah, I well, I also really like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I'm not the biggest Christmas person. So, and I, but I like the the sadness of the. Christmas tree it's kind of my dog
1: I'm a huge Christmas person and I have had many uh, Charlie Brown Christmas trees in my yeah. life I, I yeah. live I live down by myself for years um, about 10 hours from home and so I would have to put up my own tree and then like when I go shopping I'm just in and out as fast as I possibly can so mm-hmm. I went to go Christmas tree shop shopping and just found the first tree I could picked it up took it to the register got it home and when I went to go set it down I didn't realize that the entire back half was just – it was there was no green at all.
0: That's the side you put against the wall. That's,
1: oh, well, yeah, but it was a little bit too big for that. So, it, you know, it was, I like Charlie Brown Christmas trees just because yeah. they have a special place in my heart since I've had so many of them.
0: So this next one is New York City picked this tree so it could match what the rest of the city looks like.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't know. I, I like New York. I'm – I'll give it a six, though.
0: All right. It's been a pretty rough month for the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. It was just chilling in somebody's front yard, minding some business. Now it's cut down and people around the world are mocking it just for being ratty-looking.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't then, see the joke there. That, that, that's a I, one. I know
0: that one. That one wasn't even a joke. So this one's by Jesus uh, Nice. Okay. But before you explain to someone that they're – wait, let me if we explain to someone that they're going to add more branches to the Rockefeller Christmas tree, may I remind you that this isn't a Hallmark movie, so be the tree nerd. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, that sounds like something I would say. It's not that funny. <laughs> I'd say i give it a f- four. Is I'd that say right? a
0: few more. Who, la- who let Melania order the Rockefeller Christmas tree?
1: Ha! <laughs> All right. Um an eight i don't know is she bad uh, is she bad Shannon at, at that one too so that that
0: had a pretty good response all around That yeah, was pretty good okay so this is a tree of someone like when the cranes are actually like standing up the tree so it was like on its side you know in the soil, like standing up because they have like ropes and pulleys and stuff yeah and it says me being carried into my dorm room at two AM by my roommate circuit 2014.
1: <laughs> oh man well since that one hits a little close to home i'm gonna give that a nine that's a good one.
0: And then this is the last one. The Christmas tree for Rockefeller Center it looks like they forgot there was an assignment due. <laughs> this is the best they could find. <laughs> That's
1: it. You know what? That was perfectly executed. That's a 10. That's a winner right there.
0: Oh, there was one more. And this is the Charlie Brown one. but Okay. A little twist on it. A 2020 twist. Uh, Charlie Brown. I have the saddest Christmas tree. Rockefeller Rockefeller Center holds my beer.
1: <laughs> uh, it's all right uh, that's a six i don't like to hold my beer thing yeah it's played out especially down here it's played oh, out yeah all
0: right so um let's see so do we want to go into our social media stuff yeah sure um so you said you have one
1: i well i wanted to talk about now I apologize in advance, since I know you're one of these people, but I want to talk about that's the okay. the Celtics fans right now. Oh yeah, just losing their mind over the Gordon, especially the Gordon Hayward thing. Like, yep. every year it seems like uh, we have to hear this. Now, this may be because I'm on I'm on the overstated group, and I see mm-hmm. a lot of Celtics posts on there because of that.
0: Oh, I mean, no, my my news feed with the locals is pretty similar. I'm sure, so that's, yeah. That's a fair. Um, assessment of how how it looks around here yeah
1: a lot of oh whatever you take your chandler parsons 2.0 and Mm -hmm. enjoy him charlotte like (laughs) like y'all weren't hyping him up as the second coming whenever he first came to boston before he broke his leg everybody was like oh we got gordon hayward like we got there's no chance we're gonna lose now Mm -hmm. so i think it's funny seeing them turn on him now just being like whatever we got we got nothing for him he was garbage anyway Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I was always anti him. But But why? I, um well I just thought it was too much like I just didn't like the contract and I would have preferred these other places.
1: Yeah, but do but, you remember him in Utah?
0: No, I know. Um it's it's still I don't know. I felt like he was past his prime and he he clearly wasn't, but obviously the injury now kind of ruined everything. Yeah,
1: he but, was, he just had bad luck. But he's still a, an amazing player.
0: Yeah. He's fine. Oh <laughs> he, man, he, he just wasn't the type of player that I like. Um, but I do see. I I think that contract you get now is a huge overpay. But I do think that they totally botched it, not getting anything for him. Like it, yeah, like that, that original Indiana offer. I think it was Miles Turner and um Doug McDermott.
1: Well, which, no, the the well apparently they said no to that.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they, they should have – like, they offered that to the Celtics. The Celtics said no one tried to get Oladipo as well. Yeah,
1: or Warren, the, yeah, bu- the bubble actually. god. They tried to get him or Oladipo. No. Yeah.
0: So, obviously, like, Danny overplayed his hand, where I think that's more on him than on on Hayward. Like, he wanted to go to Indiana. There was a deal there, and they said, no, we want more, and th- so he went somewhere else. So he, he played himself like Danny did. So is
1: it time to ask from – in true Bill Simmons fashion – is it time to ask, is Danny Ainge good? Are we sure he's good?
0: I mean, I think he's good. Um, I mean, just the – what he turned the the three – the aging big three into. I mean, a lot of people say he, like, squandered a lot of draft picks, but he got Tatum and he got Brown. Well, he and just took
1: advantage all, of poor Nets yeah, <laughs> management. Yeah, all
0: his other picks were out of the lottery. He had one other – he had two other <laughs> lottery picks in his time here. Is Marcus Smart, which I think – was a good pick in hindsight. I didn't like it at the time, but in hindsight, yeah. And then Lang Romeo Langford, who was the last pick in the lottery, who we I'm not sure about. It doesn't look good. Yeah, I I'm, I don't <laughs> love him even at the time they picked him. I didn't love him, but even so, that was the 14th overall pick. Like he hasn't had the Celtics in a position where they're drafting high in the lottery. The only way he's getting these high picks is by making trades.
1: But so he can trade up though. Like there are moves he can make. He could have done it this year. I know. He certainly well, could have.
0: I think he, like we saw with Indiana, he tries to go for the giant, huge win trade, where he won't take small incremental trades.
1: He's trying to be Maury, but without success.
0: Yeah. So he kind of shoots himself in the in his own foot. I think he overall is a net positive, but I do think like he more than any other GM we can see squandered opportunities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like how many? So I keep you know right now you see Presti with. Basically, the entire league's picks are going to the Thunder, and I look at that, I'm like, well, yeah, I I feel like we just saw that with with Danny Ainge, and well, yeah. it got he got two players out of it basically.
0: But with that, everyone's also talking about like all these players OKC can trade for, but all these picks are going to be in the twenties, except maybe the Rockets' picks if they blow things up, which doesn't look like they're going to. But no chance. N- none of those picks are going to be worth shit if. The teams he traded with like he traded for the lakers first round picks as long as lebron's there it's going to be a late pick yeah um what was the other team that he's traded oh, with? the clippers he's trapped i mean everybody
1: he's traded with yeah that's i tra- want to say he traded with detroit i don't i don't remember he definitely traded with phoenix who mm-hmm. you don't know there like they have talent sure but they've had talent in the past and it hasn't panned out mm-hmm. you know god only knows where <laughs> their their picks could land but you know the fact that he's got so many of them people just see first round picks and their mouth starts watering so he mm-hmm. could turn those picks into anything mm-hmm. you don't know the order until the end of the year so if he does it mid-season he could get you know good value for what's possibly a bad value draft
0: yeah and we we're going to talk about the draft but we should wait till next week and just talk about the draft and free agency in one because we've already been 45 minutes and I feel like that's going to be a <laughs> yeah. big topic. So. I've gotten
1: like four notifications since we started recording. Yeah. So,
0: um, so is there more stuff you want to talk about on that, or should I um, move on to one of mine?
1: Well, I mean, as long as it, if we're talking about ownership, I want to talk about Tillman Fertitta, the possibly my least favorite human being in the entire world mm-hmm. right now. Like he, I follow a page that's you know heavy sports you know houston sports centric Mm -hmm. so uh, they posted a thing the other day and basically all of fertita's timeline anytime he makes a tweet it's just everybody replying sell the team sell the team sell the team Mm -hmm. like we cannot stand this man here i want to say like we're gonna we're gonna shut down all (laughs) landry's related and fertita related businesses here in houston Mm -hmm. because we hate this guy so much (laughs) what he's done to us he's awful i don't understand he just opened up a bunch of new businesses like at steakhouses right now in this economy we're about to possibly have another shutdown but mm-hmm. he can't be bothered to pay russell westbrook and james harden mm-hmm. and other people on the team like what i he just needs to not be an nba owner if he's not going to be involved in it
0: is that what like is that why the the players want want to leave is it because of him
1: it's uh, allegedly part of it like uh, the other part is he's supposed to be like a major trump supporter and who knows with with
0: 90 percent of the owners are oh yeah <laughs>
1: i'm sure they are yeah, they, they don't get traded to? they don't want that heavy biden tax but mm-hmm. you know there are owners who are smarter about it like golden uh, yeah, states ownership group they're, they're very smart and i'm mm-hmm. sure the lakers ownership group is a lot smarter about it mm-hmm. there are smarter ownership groups he's just not smart He's just not a good owner. He's he's terrible. He wrote a book that – what was it called? The Shut Up and Listen book or mm-hmm. something like that? He's the worst. I hope yeah. he gets – I mean, the entire Houston ownership group, like, the, you know, from him to the McNairs for the Texans and the Cranes for the Astros, it, they should all be forced to sell. I don't know who he we sells. He we sells to some of the rappers here in town.
0: Mm-hmm. To, to an extent, it's like you have to be smart enough to read the room. Yeah. I, I don't know if you – did I talk about Kelly Loeffler last time? that. No, running, we didn't. She's running for um, one of the Senate seats in Georgia, but she own, owns uh, the WNBA team down there, and she, like, came out – so they're, obviously the WNBA is, like, the most proactive out of all the leagues, and then mm-hmm. during the Black Lives Matter stuff, she came out and just, like, shat all over Black Lives Matter, <laughs> and, like, she didn't think that was going to blow up in her face when she owns the WNBA team. like. Yeah. It's just like you, how do you how are you so rich and so tone deaf?
1: <laughs> well, I feel like it's kind of a it's kind of a hand in hand thing now. If you're that rich, you don't really understand. Yeah, like,
0: I, I guess. Yeah, I guess because like sh- sh- they're not around the like they're not they're not rich because they were working with people. They're rich because money was handed down to them from other rich people. Exactly.
1: So Look at like I like mean, do you remember the We Are the Wor- What was it? real the World thing that or no no no? Imagine. Imagine oh the God, thing yeah. the celebrities did during the beginning of lockdown and, you know, they were basically saying stay inside your homes while they're videoing themselves in their giant mansions. Like, everybody just stay. In- yeah. How toned? Um, yeah.
0: They're talking about releasing Wonder Woman 84 on um, Disney+. And I was going to make a joke about it that she got canceled because of the Imagine video. But I think <laughs> about that. Like, no she's the one that that like started that whole thing
1: well she was the face of it like she was i think she was the first one on there so she kind of took the brunt of it but i mean there was a lot of them on there yeah a lot well, of like, people did just,
0: it that's an, another example of just like how fucking tone deaf people are because they're like oh everything will get better because these rich celebrities got together and sang a song on zoom so we're all we're all happy yeah <laughs> like, absolutely you it's in the world
1: <laughs> the the people you know i'm off i'm I'm not not anti-mask. I'm not anti everybody. You know, locked down, but the amount of celebrities that you see, like I'm a big fan of Scrubs, so I listen to the new Scrubs podcast. Oh yeah, with, so
0: does Shannon. You two, oh. you two should do your own podcast. Right? <laughs> so, not like the Harry one Potter. and JD, you mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. So
1: I listen to that, and they're constantly ragging on people for not wanting to stay home, and not you know people wanting to go to work. Like, yeah, people live paycheck to paycheck, and we're not there there are people who don't have the means to just mm-hmm. li- you know live by staying at home like this is
0: interesting too because obviously they're not doctors but they play doctors so like i wonder how much they think about medical stuff when they talk about that
1: i don't think i from what it sounds like they don't know dick all about <laughs> <laughs> medicine <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they
0: didn't do the writing they just read the lines
1: yeah just, you know i love them and i love the show but it's at a certain point i'm like you got to understand what what people are going through and they can't just sit at home and do a podcast with their friend and to make millions of dollars just because they did a TV show 20 years ago, however long it was. So, so yeah. that
0: kind of um, segues me to – I'll just do one of these tweets today, but but my last tweet, um, and it's by Julia Clare at Oh Julia Tweets. And she said, pretty annoying that we have to continue living under the legal constraints created by the Founding Fathers – a bunch of drunken slave owners with gonorrhea who didn't have electricity or no dinosaurs existed. Which is funny, because multiple people in the last two weeks have had talked mentioned to me how the Founding Fathers didn't know dinosaurs existed. Like, this is also just a thing in, in pop culture that everyone wants to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know why people just realize this, but it's the same, it's the same type of thing where, like, I don't know, we're, we're just, like, relying on people that just are so out of touch with how things are now.
1: So, well... Yeah. Yes and no. The reason the reason I disagree with that is because they left the they left it open ended so that way we could make changes.
0: Yeah, that shit's on us. <laughs> yes,
1: it's it's on us. I don't know why everybody's so mad at the founding fathers. They're like, this is how it is now. Mm-hmm. Y'all fix it as it goes. I know things well, change. So I
0: think that's that's part of the problem because we have people like um oh, I'm totally blanking on our name the Supreme Court justice that just got appointed. Oh, Coney um, Barrett. Yeah, Amy Coney Barrett, who yeah. is a traditionalist and a, textist, a textual. So she, like, interprets it word for word and what it means. But, like, that takes all context out of anything. Like, we, we put ourselves in this position because, you know, they left things open-ended. But if we, we take it for what they said, then we're never going to fix those open ends to how we want it to be. Absolutely.
1: It's the issue that I have with, you know, I, I grew up around a ton of Christian fundamentalists. And so you have these arguments with them. They're like, no, no gay marriage, no abortion, no this, no that. I'm like, do you understand? You're, you're quoting, you're quoting a book that has a lot of rules that you're not going to agree with. <laughs> <Yeah>. There are, <laughs> there are a lot of open-ended things in there that you got to understand. So you try to explain it to them. And it's the same thing with the constitution. People are like, no, this is what it says right here. So this is way I'm like, well, are you ignoring the rest of the things that have come so- since?
0: I think this question I'm going to ask is going to lead to a bigger conversation. We should have another time, but <laughs> in like in a short answer, as someone who's like around that stuff, why do you, why do you think the things that got cherry picked out of it that people are adamant on are the things that got cherry picked out of it?
1: Because it is things that is convenient for them, a mm-hmm. and b. It's because things that they're not used to, they're not comfortable with. So mm-hmm. let's say like gay marriage and um, the you know just the entire LGBTQ. Uh, community, the issues they have is because these people are not used to that and they're not comfortable with it. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got one of them good old boys walking down the street. They see two dudes kissing and they're like, oh, no, no, no. The Bible says no. I, I'm not used to seeing that. They're not comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot of that. Um, and then just using using the Bible or using the Constitution is just a lazy fallback for these people mm-hmm. who are like well this book says this so this is the way it is and this yeah. is how it is here and i'm like well, okay well there's a lot of books in a lot of the world that say a lot of different things it doesn't yeah. mean it's what we have to go by
0: we should bookmark that don't let me forget that like we this this is definitely something we should talk about sometime
1: this is probably going to go along with the gina carano conversation yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, or are there any other segments that I forgot?
1: Yeah, I wanted to talk about um, this week. I didn't even know it was coming out, but the new Kevin Hart special came out. Um, I was just scrolling through Netflix and saw it was on there. Um, was excited to watch it. I watched it, loved it, thought it was hilarious. I've I've never seen a bad Kevin Hart special. Um, and then I, you know, just out of curiosity, I looked it up just to see, like, oh, what was going on? Why didn't I hear about this? And just the amount of hate that he's getting online. People are like, he's not funny. He's not what he once was.
0: Is it because of stuff he says in the special?
1: Well, I think it's part of it. So what he ta- he jokes a lot. Basically, he acknowledges all the controversies he's had over the past few years. You know, whether it's him cheating on his wife or it's the, the, the cancel stuff when he got canceled from the Oscars uh, because of his old tweets. Um, basically everything he acknowledged it all he made a joke of it he he didn't be like oh well screw those people because i you know this is the way i am and deal with it mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't apologize but he also didn't he didn't double down you know what i mean mm-hmm. so he's getting a lot of negative articles about him so it i was i was reading it and i was thinking about it it made me wonder like when he got in trouble for the things he's gotten in trouble for you know you see a lot of people nowadays he brought up the word cancel culture mm-hmm. it makes me wonder should anybody even apologize and own up for what they did because what what good does it do them to apologize and admit what they did at this point mm-hmm. because either way they get shat on by the entire world like it, it's mm-hmm. not a forgive and forget it's it's don't forgive and we'll never forget no matter what you say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the whole... I mean, this is probably another bigger topic. <laughs> it but is. <laughs> but I think the whole cancel culture thing is overblown. Mm-hmm. The People people can... Like, they shouldn't demand someone's canceled. I think what they should do is just boycott it. And if enough people... Like, if enough people on their own boycott it and just don't watch his work anymore, then, you know, it, it will work itself out, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just like... I don't know if you saw. I posted something about Kyle Rittenhouse. The, the yes. Yeah.
1: The the guy. The My Pillow guy.
0: Yeah. So he he's the kid he's who shot protesters. Um, and he got two million dollars bail. Yeah, from the My Pillow guy and some actor. I forget who who it was. Um, he was on Silver Spoons. I don't remember what actor it was. But oh god. <laughs> and then <laughs> I I heard that he's like, people are reaching out to him for endorsements. Like, obviously, no one can ever complain about cancel culture again as long as like celebrities are bailing out these people or they're getting endorsements because of like if if people aren't getting canceled for that then like i can't imagine people are actually gonna get canceled for stuff because there's always enough of like their fans can like them and the people that don't like kevin hart don't have to watch his work and then they can live their life happily watching other stuff
1: yeah i mean i think i think the my pillow guy this situation is just one crazy asshole who's doing this and i don't i don't think it's a Necessarily, like people in the spotlight nowadays, what do you, you know, whether you want to call them celebrities or what, they're mostly not going to lean lean that way. Mm-hmm. So you don't see a lot of forgiveness for somebody who leans a little more right. Mm-hmm. You see, Definitely. if somebody le- on the left, like Ellen, look at Ellen. Why hasn't mm-hmm. why she gotten canceled?
0: Oh, if it was up to me, let me tell you. <laughs> she got <laughs> she canceled in our household. There you go. My wife used to watch her a lot
1: but she still has her show she still has a huge property
0: no i'm saying we canceled her in our household we don't watch her show anymore yeah no no shannon was for the cancel too but it wasn't just because of the stuff that came out like i think over time like with the ellen stuff yeah she it just wasn't like a likable character where we weren't like she should never have a job i think we were just both we had an unspoken agreement we're like oh we're still gonna watch this anymore it's not worth it yeah
1: I mean and that, and that's good. I mean that's and and that's exactly what I think people should do. Instead of going on Twitter and you know d- just forcing these corporations hands, they should just not watch it and let the numbers represent themselves. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the time if you go online and you see these, you know, these accusations, you don't know how true they are or you mm-hmm. know. It's justice by Twitter and I don't think that's right.
0: One of our um one of our friends I guess he's our friend. One of our clients that we're friends with the family, or don't know, He hosts like a very popular radio show in Boston. Okay. And um, he he like talks about how people like if people like harass him like constantly, he'll like go and look at their social media feed, and he's like, there's some people that their whole thing is just them like harassing celebrities about or like harassing people just about like the stupidest shit, and like that's yeah. their whole personality. It's just being an asshole to people that are assholes yeah they're
1: (laughs) unhappy with their lives and so they take it out you know it makes them want to makes them feel better about themselves i guess if they go online and are rude to people they feel like are in power they feel like they're knocking somebody down they don't feel like they have enough power in their lives so they're trying to take it back by just dumping on these people's livelihood
0: so do you recommend people watch the special? <laughs> the, yeah, to the, the Kevin Hart thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I thought I mean, I found it was hilarious. I mean, it yeah. it are obviously you have ones that are better than others. It wasn't his best one, but it certainly wasn't bad by any means.
0: I don't know if I've ever seen his stand up.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, he's it, some of his stand up is probably some of the best ever. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the reason he got so big It's cuz he's yeah. he's a great stand up. Now, this one he was in his house in a basement basically, like an extra did, wing of his house that he, he f- built.
0: He must have filmed it this year, like...
1: Yes, you know, yes, because there's...
0: Club. He's filmed in his house because COVID.
1: Yes, there's a lot of COVID talk, especially up top. He basically acknowledges it right away. But he built, like, basically an extra wing in his house and built a comedy stage and had a bunch of people in there, I'm sure, who got tested. And mm-hmm. um, he had... It looked like there was maybe 50 people in the crowd. Maybe. Maybe 50 people. And so, obviously, it's not going to be as good of a performance because he's a lot of he's a lot of visual he's a lot of movement making wild crazy noises um and he builds off the audience for that so obviously it wasn't gonna be as good as usual but it's still i enjoyed i enjoyed the hell out of it i laughed a lot
0: all right i'll have to check it out yep all right um anything else you want to talk about
1: um i don't have anything else today did you have anything else
0: no i think that was good we're about at an hour so that's was, that was good timing you're Texans are still beating my Patriots by 21-10. to 10.
1: Well, I'm going to continue to not watch so good things can happen.
0: <laughs> You're not missing much. N- literally nothing's happened in like I – mean, as long as we've been recording. So for an hour, the score has been the same.
1: Well, last week I watched and we lost 10-7 to the Browns. So I'm oh, like, <laughs> I cannot cannot watch another one of those games. I am not wa- can't watch it until things get better here. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, it was good talking to you, man.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. You have a good one, bud. You too.